Welcome to River Edge Podcasts. We hope this message inspires and encourages you today. Um, it's funny because, you know, after you guys all leave, we find things lying around the building often. We find Bibles, we find journals, we find drink bottles, coffee cups, all sorts of things. It's really interesting to see what you guys leave behind. So I found someone's FebFast journal and no- normally... If I find a journal, I don't read it because it's very personal, but this day I was feeling curious, so I did. So I've got an entry out of someone's FebFast journal. I'm not going to tell you who it is, but you might recognise. I'm going to just read the first two days of their thoughts. So day one of their FebFast journal, it says, I thought I would begin FebFast on the right foot this year by removing all the junk food out of my house. It was delicious. (laughs) Okay. Day two. Day two. This is where the entry for day two. I'm just a girl standing in front of a salad asking it to be a donut. (laughs) I'm only kidding. It's no one's diary if you haven't worked that out yet. I would never read anyone's diary from the platform. But a few of you were looking really concerned for a moment. (laughs) I love that. You were like, oh no, what's she doing? Isn't this a breach of privacy? Pastor Kylie has really lost the plot now. She's shaming people from the platform. (laughs) Ah, But FedFast has been good, hey? It's been so good. But who knows that that God's ways are not our ways, yeah? Who's worked that out so far? That God's thoughts are so much higher than our thoughts? God doesn't always do things how we expect him to do them, does he? Has anyone worked that out yet? We, and we have a, such a good plan, don't we? If only he would cooperate with our plan. We have it all worked out. All, all he has to do is tick our boxes and wouldn't it be great? But God's way is, is different to our way, isn't it? And it's better. It's better, no matter how good we think our plan is. So the Israel found that out when God brought them out of Egypt. They found out that he had a different plan to how they thought it was going to happen. So, you know, if you think back to Exodus, you think about how God miraculously parted the Red Sea, Yeah. He did that amazing miracle so that they could escape from Egypt. He rained down bread and birds from heaven so that they could eat. That is pretty awesome, isn't it? Uh, He brought water out of a rock. He defeated the Amalekites and they were just a bunch of slaves. They They weren't an army, but he still helped them defeat the Amalekites. Not to mention the pillar of cloud by day and the pillar of fire by night and the thunder and lightning and the, and the huge cloud over Mount Sinai and all the other stuff that God did for them was amazing. And then he's preparing them to go into the promised land. And they're all like, yeah, okay, this is what he brought us out here for. He brought us out here because he's going to take us into this amazing place of promise that he's been telling us about. So, this is Exodus 23, 27. I think we've got that ready to go. 
So um, he says, this is, this is how it's going to happen. They're like, okay, God, tell us how it's going to happen. He says, I will send my terror ahead of you and throw into confusion every nation that you encounter. And they're like, yeah, go God. Throw them into confusion. I will make all your enemies turn their backs and run. And they're like, yeah, God, that's great. And I will send the hornet ahead of you and drive out the Hivites and the Canaanites and the Hittites. And they're like, yeah, God, bring it on. And then he says, but I will not drive them out in a single year because the land will become desolate and the wild animals too numerous for you. And they're like, what? You're not going to do it all in one big suddenly amazing miracle? You're going to do it slowly? Because he says, little by little, I will drive them out before you. Everyone say, little by little. I will drive them out before you until you have increased enough. Everyone say, increased enough. Say it again. Increased enough until you have increased enough to take possession of the land. We love it when God does things suddenly, don't we? We love the suddenlies. We love the miraculous, the big things that God does, yeah? We, we tend to lose interest when it happens little by little by little by little, don't we? When we're not seeing the big, when we're not seeing the instant, when we're not seeing the suddenly, when God's just working little by little by little, we're like, come on, I'm getting impatient with this. I want to see more. I want to see it happen quicker. I want to see it happen miraculously, suddenly. But sometimes God that does the miraculous little by little by little. Because if it all happened at once... Are we big enough to handle it? Have we increased enough to be able to carry the, the blessing that God wants to give us? Are we big enough? Because we, we get so focused on what we want God to do for us, don't we? You know, um, during FebFast, I did have a bit of a whinge to God because I was like, God, this is great. Fast is great. I'm really loving your presence. I'm really, I'm really just loving spending time with you. But I want to see more stuff happen. I want to see more miracles. I want to see the, the suddenlies. I want to see the people healed instantly. I want to see the big things happen. And I know that we are to be expectant for that. And we are to, to pursue God moving miraculously but we're also to pursue him. And, he, and the Holy Spirit said to me, what I'm doing in you is more important right now than what I'm doing for you. What I'm doing in you. So we get so focused on what we want God to do for us. I want you to do this, God. I want you to do that, God. I want you to change that, God. And he says, but, but have you increased enough? Have you increased enough? to carry the favour that I want to pour out on you? Are you big enough to carry it with grace? Are you big enough? Are you big enough to be able to carry it? 
the way that you need to carry it because I still need to do some stuff in you. I still need to increase you. I still need to mature you. I still need to to see some growth in you until you're big enough and strong enough and humble enough to be able to carry the favour that I want to pour out on you. So what has he been doing in you over the last month? What has he been doing in you? in your heart, in your soul. I, I read this quote that said, the value of persistent prayer is not that he will hear us, but that we will finally hear him. The value of prayer and fasting is not that he will hear us, but it's that we will be able to hear him, that our ability to hear him will increase so let me ask you during FebFast, have you heard him? Have you heard him? Have you heard what he's been saying to you? Have you heard the, the small whisper? Or have you been too busy just bringing him your list of requests? God, you still haven't done this yet. God, there's only one week to go and you still haven't done this yet. God, I've still got three things that I want to see. And he's saying, just listen. Just listen to what I'm saying to you and to what I want to do in you. And don't tell me that God hasn't spoken to you unless you've had this open. Because Steve McCracken spoke that amazing word at the beginning of FebFast that said, Jesus is the word and the word, the word, the word, So if you want God to speak, open it, open it, read it, ponder on it, spend time in it, meditate on it, apply it, apply it, apply it to your life. That's how, that is the number one way that God speaks to us. So don't say God didn't speak to me during FebFast if you didn't spend time with your face in this. That's how he speaks. Yeah? He is increasing us. He is increasing us. And you, he's increasing our character. He's increasing our faith. He's the one that increases our faith, remember? He is the author and the finisher of our faith. We can't increase it, but we can, we can get in his presence and allow him to increase it. He's increasing our capacity to carry more. He's increasing your capacity to carry more, more of his presence, more of his power. He's increasing your capacity to carry more of his character, more of his love into this world, into your workplace, into your family, more of his presence with you everywhere you go so that when you walk in the room, people go, there's something different about them. There is an atmosphere. There's something in them. I wonder what it is. I think I want it because it's awesome. And I feel peace every time that person enters the room. He's increasing our trust and our reliance on him. He's increasing our perseverance. You know, one thing about not getting the answer that you want when you want it is it increases our perseverance. 
We can either get discouraged and go, well, I'm not going to bother praying anymore. Or we can go, I'm going to lean in harder. I'm going to press in harder. I'm going to persevere because this is building character in me. This is building discipline in me. And anything that brings you to your knees is always good. Anything that brings you, drives you into the presence of God is always good. The whole object, objective of fasting and praying really is that we will decrease and he will increase in us. That's what it's all about, isn't it? That we will decrease less of us and more of him. That's what it, it says in John 3.30. He must become greater and I must become less. It's, it's denying our flesh. It's denying ourself. It's saying what I want, my agenda, my plans, my to-do list for the day, my, my, my needs to come under subjection to the Holy Spirit because I must decrease and he must increase. I must become smaller and he must become larger in me for me to see the awesome things that I want to see him do in me and through me. But we say, God, I want you to grow my business. I want you to grow my family. I want you to grow my wealth. I want a promotion. I want you to grow my influence. I want you to grow this and I want you to grow that. And he says, I want to grow you. I want to grow you. I'm busy growing you. I'm busy increasing you. I'm busy making you larger so that you can carry the favour and the blessing and the anointing that I want to pour out on your life. Yeah? Until you are large enough to take possession of the promise that I have for you, until you are large enough, The prodigal son wanted his inheritance now, didn't he? He wanted his inheritance now. He wanted to take possession of it now. He wasn't ready, but his father relented and he squandered it. And we're sometimes like that prodigal son, aren't we? We're like, God, I want my inheritance now. I want to take possession of it now, God. I want, Father, I want everything that you have for me now. And he says, but are you ready? But are you ready? If I give it to you now, are you going to be a good steward of it? Are you going to be diligent with it? Are you going to carry it with grace? He's a good and wise father. And he says, when you're ready, when you're ready, you'll take possession of it. But we're getting there. We're getting there little by little, day by day. He's increasing us. He's growing us. He's expanding us. He's stretching us. The Word of God says that he can't pour new wine into old inflexible wineskins. If we want the new wine, we need to be able to expand. We need to be flexible. We need to be big enough to receive, to take possession of the new wine and to expand. And he's getting us there little by little by little, yeah? 
I don't want this to be a discouraging word. I want this to be an encouraging word. And when we arrive at the point of readiness, it's partly up to us. It's partly up to us because the Father is taking us on a journey of enlargement, but we need to commit to the journey. If we don't show up, we don't grow up in the Spirit. If we don't show up, we don't grow up into maturity. So we've got to commit to the journey. We've got to be in it for the long haul, yeah? So we decide where we're going to level off and we decide if we're going to check out or if we're going to buy in for the long haul. (laughs) We decide whether we're going to level off, check out, be half-hearted, be lukewarm or whether we're going to burn for God and chase hard after him and pursue the awesome things that he has for us. We decide. We decide where we're going to level off. Israel had been in Egypt 430 years. And for the majority of that time, they'd been slaves. The first couple of generations lived in freedom in Egypt and then the Bible says then a new king came into power who didn't know Joseph and all the the good relationship that they'd had and he was threatened by their numbers and so he enslaved them. You know why the enemy wants to enslave us? Because he's threatened by us. He wants to keep us bound, he wants to keep us small, he wants to keep us lukewarm Because he knows that if we really get hold of what God has for us, he's going to be full on and it's going to demolish his plans on this earth. He's so afraid of us and that's why he wants to keep us enslaved. But God heard their cry. He brought them out of slavery, but it took a while to get the slavery out of them. God can take us out of slavery, but it takes a while to get the slave mentality out of us. He can take us out of the world, but it takes a while to get the world out of us. That's what renewing of the mind is. That's what sanctification is. It's getting the slavery out of us. It's getting the world out of us. It's getting the flesh out of us so that we can rise up and be sons and not slaves anymore. So what were you a slave to before you met Jesus? Were you a slave to sin? Were you a slave to fear? Were you a slave to addiction? Were you a slave to anger, to inferiority? But he has set you free. But it's a process to get that out of us. It's a process. It says in 2 Corinthians that those who are in Christ are a new creation. The moment we receive Christ, we are a new creation. The old has gone and the new has come. And that's how the Father sees us. The moment we receive Jesus, the old has gone and the new has come. And he sees us as Jesus the moment we receive salvation. But sanctification is so the world can see us as Jesus. So the world can see his character formed in us, his capacity formed in us. 
his love, his goodness, his grace formed in us. That's the the process of sanctification. He's transforming us from slaves to sons. And not just sons, but soldiers that know how to fight those battles little by little by little. And every battle that we fight, every battle that we persevere in, we increase. We increase. We become larger and stronger on the inside. The difference between a slave and a soldier. Do you know the difference between a slave and a soldier? Yes. A slave lays down his life because he has to. He has no choice. A soldier lays down his life because he sees a cause that is worth dying for. He sees a cause that is worth laying his life down for. So we are called not to no longer be slaves but to be sons and soldiers that say, for the cause of the kingdom of God. I will die to myself and I will live for Christ. He is number one in my life from now on because I'm dying to myself because now I live for a cause that is bigger than me, bigger than my agenda, bigger than my plan. The cause of the kingdom and the cause of Jesus is what I live for now. And for the cause of the kingdom, I must decrease And he must increase in me. He must increase my capacity. I just want to quickly look at four things. Four signs that we're still thinking like slaves, yeah? Still in survival mode, that's number one. Those who only live to survive will never thrive. Those that are content to just survive will never thrive. Those that are just content to just live from day to day. The Israelites went out into the desert and all they did was think about what are we going to eat, what are we going to drink. We've run out of food, Moses. We've run out of water, Moses. Did you just bring us out here to die, Moses? Because what are we going to eat and what are we going to drink? Just one day at a time. They had no vision. God had given them this amazing plan and they took their eyes off it and they had no vision because all they could think about was survival. Are you only concerned with living one day at a time, just getting by? Or are you consumed with pursuing the bigger thing that God has for you, the vision that God has given you, the vision that God has given us as a church to pursue him and to pursue the big things that he has for us. Those that are content to survive will never thrive. We want to thrive. We want to pursue God. We want to pursue all his goodness, all his greatness. Number two. A slave is set on grumbling. Slave is set on grumbling. When when we've been through tough stuff in our life, we resort to grumbling because grumbling is a way of self-soothing. I've got it so hard. It's so terrible for me. Is anything ever going to change? This is hard work. Oh, 
I do all the work. It's, it's a form of self-soothing. It's like, oh, poor me. Oh, poor me. Oh, poor me. You're doing a good job. You'll get there. It's a form of self-pity. And slaves learn how to grumble because they are being oppressed. And they, that's how they soothe themselves. But we need to move out of that mindset because we have seen the goodness of God again and again and again and again. And he is faithful. He is so good to every one of us. And we need to get our eyes off our circumstances and off ourselves and onto the goodness of God and, and replace grumbling with gratitude. And everything that comes out of our mouth needs to be, thank you, God. You're so good to me. You're so faithful to me, God. And even if I haven't seen a breakthrough in every area yet, you are good. You are faithful. That is who you are. Even when I don't see it, I know you're working because that is who you are, God. That is who you are. And I'm going to turn off the slave language of grumble, grumble, gripe, gripe, poor me. When is this going to change? No, I know my God is good. I know my God is faithful. He's done so much for me and I'm going to use my mouth to declare it. I'm going to use my mouth to prophesy about his goodness in my future and in your future. Ahead of all of us is his goodness goes before us. It surrounds us. It's behind us. It's in front of us. Number three, slaves only see the obstacles. God had given them this amazing promise of this promised land where the grapes were this big and, and where the fruit was so luscious and all they could see was the giants all they could see was the giants we've got to keep our eyes on the promise and on the goodness of God and of course there's going to be challenges of course there are going to be battles because it's in persevering through the challenges and the battles that we develop spiritual muscles so if God just did everything for us like that, we would never grow, we would never persevere, we would never mature. But it's in the battles, it's in the hardships that we develop spiritual muscles. It's when he enlarges us, it's when he grows us, it's when we are increased, it's when we are increased. Slaves, number four, are stuck in inferiority. Because they've been oppressed, they don't, they've forgotten who they are. They don't know their own authority. They were afraid of the nations that God was asking them to conquer, but what they didn't realise was that those nations were afraid of them because they'd heard about the goodness of God that went with them everywhere they went. And people are going to hear about the goodness of God that goes with us everywhere we go. And so we don't need to have an inferiority complex. We need to know our authority in Christ. We need to know who we are. Because of who our Father is, we need to know who we are. And this is my last point because I'm almost wrapped up. That God said back there when he said, I'm, I'm going to subdue the nations before you in Exodus 23. 
he said, I'm going to send a hornet ahead of you. A hornet. Have you ever wondered about what the hornet was? And it's going to drive out the nations before you. I looked up Matthew Henry's commentary on this because I'm like, what is that hornet? God actually used Egypt. While the Israelites were wandering around grumbling, doubting, complaining, wandering around in circles, God actually was sending Egypt into, the, into Canaan and into the Hittites and the Hivites to attack them, to start to subdue them. That's what the hornet was. The sign for the king of Egypt was a hornet. That was the symbol for the king of Egypt. God was sending Egypt. The very land that had oppressed them was God was now using as a tool to give them, to bring about their freedom and to bring about their promise. So God can even use the very thing that has kept you captive in the past. He can take it and turn it around and he can throw it into your future and he can use it to bring freedom. He can use it to bring about your purpose and your destiny. He can take what used to be your weakness and turn it into your strength. He can take what used to be your struggle and turn it into your testimony. He can take what used to oppress you and use it to help bring about your freedom. He can do it and he will do it. He will do it. But he says, give me a little faith to work with. Use that measure of faith that he's given you. He knows you have it because he gave it to you. He's given each one of us a measure of faith. So he says, activate a little faith. Give me some faith to work with. Give me some praise to work with. Give me some gratitude. Give me a little gratitude. Give me a little word to work with. Give me a little word to work with in your heart. Your word have I hidden in my heart so that I will not sin against you. Give me a little word to work with. Daily, daily, daily word to work with. Give me a little prayer to work with so that you can hear me. Give me a little tithe to work with because you're asking me to increase your finances. And if you don't sow, you can't reap. So give me a little tithe to work with because he said, I will give seed to the sower. But if you're not a sower and you're asking for seed, then you're not asking according to the principles of God. Give me a little tithe to work with. Give me a little time to work with. Give me a little of your time so that I can work my enlargement in you. We want God to do the big thing in us. For us, he's doing the big thing in us. He's doing the big thing in us little by little. Can we, can we just stand? We're just going to finish in prayer. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Can we just, can we just open our, our hands to him? Ready to receive. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for the good soil 
in our hearts that you've been tilling, tilling, tilling over the last month. You've been fluffing up that good soil. You've been adding nutrients to that good soil. You've been increasing us. You've been increasing us. I see it's like when a farmer increases his territory, he ploughs another paddock and then he ploughs another paddock and then he ploughs another paddock. Thank you, Lord, that you're increasing the soil of our life. You're increasing the area of our life. You're increasing the territory of our life, increasing the area of good soil in our life. And as the seed of your word is sown, it produces a good crop in us. It produces fruitfulness in us. Thank you, Father, for the increase. We receive the increase, Lord. We lay ourselves down. We bow down at your feet because you are Lord of lords. You are King of kings. You are the one true God. Nothing is too much for the one that laid down his life for us. We'd lay down our lives at your feet. We say, Lord, make us your vessels. Increase our capacity to carry everything that you have for us, Lord. Increase our capacity. Increase our capacity to be Jesus on this earth. Increase our capacity, Lord. To see as you see, to do as you do, to love as you love, to move with you, Holy Spirit. Increase, increase us so that you can pour into us, so that we can be poured out so that we can be poured out into this world that is so dark and so desperate and so full of fear. Thank you, Lord. Less of us and more of you. Less of us, more of you, Jesus. More of you, Jesus. We lay ourselves down as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. Daily, daily, not just once, but daily. We offer ourselves for the cause of your kingdom and for your glory. There is no better cause. There is no greater thing. There is no thing that is more worthy of living for than the cause of your kingdom. Jesus, Jesus, be glorified in us. Be glorified in us.
Thanks for joining today. If you'd like to know more about service times or simply want to find out more about church, head to our website, riveredgechurch.com.au.